Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Paranormal Misfit Podcast. I am your host, Chrissy, and I'm here to talk about all things horror, macabre, paranormal, cryptids, and everything in between. So, cozy up in your favorite spot with a hauntingly delicious drink and listen along. All right, so we are three days out from Christmas, and this one is going to be, um, it's going to be a haunting but it's also going to have murder, and it's a well-known um, murder. Fam- family side, I believe is how they call it. So anyways, we're going to talk about the murder of the Lawson family, and then the um, basically the haunting of the Madison Dry Goods Store in North Carolina, um, Germanton, North Carolina. So anyways, we're going to start with the murder first, and then we're going to go into the paranormal side of it all. So here we go. All right, so uh, the murder of the Lawson family occurred on December 25th of 1921, um, and it was where Charles Davis Charlie uh, Lawson murdered his wife and six of the seven children. So um, Lawson worked as, um, the Lawsons worked as tenant tobacco farmers, saving enough money by 1927 to buy their own farm on Burke Cove Road. So in 1929, days prior to Christmas, Lawson, who was 43 at the time, took his wife Fanny and their seven children, Arthur, who was 19, Marie, who was 17, Carrie, who was 12, Mabel, who was seven, James, who was four, Raymond, who was two, and Mary Lou, who was four months old, into town to buy new clothes to have the family portrait taken. This would have been an unusual occurrence for a working class family at this time um, in this rural area which led to speculations that Lawson's act was um, premeditated. It was also speculated that he may have impregnated his eldest daughter, Marie, who was 17 at the time. So Lawson, having purchased his own farm two years prior, however, um, together with that fact, uh, with the fact that the Associated Press wire that went out the day after the murders characterized Lawson as a well-to-do farmer, which would make the pre-Christmas shopping spree appear to be reasonable. On the afternoon of December 25th, Lawson shot first shot his daughters, Carrie and Maybell, as they were setting out to their uncle and aunt's house. He waited for them by the tobacco barn, tobacco barn, until they were in range and shot them with a 12-gauge shotgun to ensure, and then ensured that they were dead by bludgeoning them. He then placed the bodies in the tobacco barn. Afterwards, Lawson returned to the house and shot Fanny, his wife, who was on the porch. As soon as the gun was fired, Marie, who was inside, which is the eldest daughter, screamed while the two small boys, James and Raymond, attempted to find a hiding spot. Lawson shot Marie and then found and killed the two little boys. Lastly, he killed the little baby, um, Mary Lou. It is thought that she was bludgeoned to death. After the murders, he went um, into the nearby woods and for several hours and several hours later shot himself. The only survivor was his eldest son, Arthur, who he had actually sent on an errand just before committing the crime. Bodies of the family members were found with their arms crossed and rocks under their head. The gunshot signaling Lawson's own suicide was heard by many people who had already learned of the murders on the property and had gathered there. A police officer who was with Arthur ran down to discover Lawson's body along with letters to his parents. As footprints encircled the tree, It was supposed that he had been pacing around the tree prior to taking his life. So there's a few theories on the murder. 
Um, one is that Charlie had a head injury. So months before the event, Lawson has sustained in a head injury. Some family and friends theorized that it had altered his mental state and was related to the massacre. However, an autopsy and analysis of his brain at John Hopkins um, Hospital had found no abnormalities. And then there's the um, rumored pregnancy of his eldest daughter, Marie, by Charlie himself. It was not until the book White Christmas, Bloody Christmas was published in 1990 that the claim of Charlie sexually abusing Marie surfaced, beginning with an anonymous source who heard a rumor during a tour of the Lawson home shortly after the murders. The day before the book was published, the author received a phone call from Stella Lawson, a relative who had already been interviewed for the book. Stella said that she overheard Fanny's sister-in-laws and aunts, including Stella's mother, Jetty Lawson, discussing how Fanny had confided in them that she had been concerned about an incestuous relationship between Charlie and Marie. Jetty died earlier in 1928, meaning Fanny had been suspicious of incest for at least that long before the murders happened in 1920. More to support this theory was revealed in The Meaning of Our Tears, published by the same author in 2006. A close friend of Marie Lawson's, uh, Ella May, came forward and disclosed that weeks before Christmas 1929, Marie confided in her that she was pregnant by her own father and that both he and Fanny knew about this. Many thought that this is what led to his massacring his family because he didn't want the secret to get out. Another close friend and neighbor to the Lawson family, Hill Hampton, stated that he knew of serious problems going on within the family, but declined to elaborate. So the aftermath of this. Shortly after the murders, Charlie's brother, Marion uh, Lawson, opened the home, opened the home on Burke Cove Road as a tourist attraction. Oh, my God. A cake that Marie had baked at Christmas was displayed for the tour. Because visitors began to pick at the raisins on the cake and take as souvenirs, it was placed in a covered glass case, uh, cake server for many years. Events, the event inspired a number of songs and other tributes, including a murder ballad called The Murder of the Lawson Family, which was originally recorded by the Carolina Buddies for Columbia Records in 1930 and was covered by the Stanley Brothers in March of 1956. Um, the Lawsons were laid to rest in a private family uh, graveyard. The main tombstones features a symbol of the square and compass suggesting that Charlie was actually a Freemason. Arthur Lawson was killed in 1945 in a motor accident at the age of 30, 35, leaving a wife and four kids. And then this also gets brought to light again in 2000 or 2022 when Netflix released a series called 28 Days Haunted. Um, and it shows the place where the victims were involved and describes what happened. So let's see. As far as the paranormal, um, you do have 28 Days Haunted on Netflix. And with that one, I believe it's two. It's a demonologist who's from the bayou and then a medium. So in this location, there's only two of them. What happens is they have to stay in the location for 28 days because the premise behind 28 days later is a theory that the, God, like the Warrens came up with 
that essentially to pierce the veil and actually uh, make a connection with the spirits, um, you have to be in the haunted location with basically no sort of like outside interactions for the full 28 days. So anyways, uh, so obviously a lot of people suspect. So there's, there's also a TikTok, a TikToker, I believe. Um, what is the name of his? It's like, I own a haunted store or something like that, that actually owns the location that is, was used for filming for 28 days haunted. So anyways, a lot of people believe that you can still ask as murdered children who haunt what is called the Madison dry goods store still to this day. So back in 1929, like I said, they um, had to be taken to Madison for the funeral services because no one else in the rural area could manage such a large volume of bodies. And before it was Madison dry goods, it was actually TV night funeral parlor. And some of the children are still haunting it to this day. Multiple patrons of the dry goods store have seen girls, not shadows, not the trick of lights, but full apparitions of little girls in clothes from a bygone area, era. Um, and this on top of the usual ghostly occurrences you would expect to find in a haunted building, like objects moving around, strange um, unexplained footsteps, sounds of children playing, cold spots. It's been investigated by the paranormal researchers, psychics, and general ghost enthusiasts, and all claim they've had experience with at least the murdered children. So, um, let's see. Is it this one? Pregnancy. Right. Here we are. So, um, what happened, right, to the funeral parlor? So, in 1998, uh, Richard and Kathy Miller purchased the building which is at 104 West Murphy Street, an open Madison Dry Goods and County Store. County? I said that right, County. <laughs> oh my God. At the time of purchase, they knew the history of the building, including the existence of a former funeral parlor and a hotel. However, they were not prepared for the stories of the paranormal activities and hauntings that happened at this property, particularly reports of visitors and employees allegedly seeing a young girl wearing a white dress roaming the building. I've never seen her, but four people have seen her. I was here years ago and apparently she was looking out the window because the man wanted to know if my daughter was in there working with me. Richard Miller told 28 days later. One kid about three years ago grabbed his dad's arm and said, I'm not going up there. There's a little girl standing there. And I've had a couple of kids who won't go down the hallway. The Millers have also stated that the pictures and objects in the building have moved around without explanation. The reports of unexplained activity at the Madison Dry Goods attracted um, attention of the paranormal investigators over the past decade and many visit in hopes of seeing this little girl. Um, the story of the haunted funeral parlor, like I said, caught attention, um, caught the attention of the team behind the 28 Days Haunted. And by August 21st, or by August 2021, paranormal investigators had access to the building. So you had a fifth generation psychic medium, Brandy Marie Miller, and then a self-proclaimed, sorry, self-proclaimed demonologist, Jerome Leonard, were granted full access to the property between August 12th and September 15th, with the Millers closing their store for one solid month. 
While the duo had no access to internet or resources to research what they were witnessing, before entering the biller, Miller announced that she had sensed two children at the top of the staircase. They proceeded to investigate further by attempting to summon the spirits. To do so, I don't know why you would ever want to do this. Even if I investigated, you will not catch me. There are a few places you won't catch me. You won't catch me on an operating table. You won't catch me in a morgue. You won't catch me in a casket or a bed that someone died in. So anyways, so to do so, Miller lied down in the casket from the upstairs mortuary museum, because there is a museum that's also part of this as well, um, and appeared to enter a trance while Leonard led her mock funeral. As seen in 28 Days Haunted, Miller claimed to be overwhelmed by the sensation that people gathered around her casket and said that she could see a woman standing at the end of the box. She complained of pressure on her head and then quickly ran out of the room. Over 28 days, they recorded loud noises, flickering of lights, and reported hearing voices, strengthening their belief that the building was in fact haunted. Um, so today, Madison Dry Goods is still operating as well as serving as a free museum of local and regional history, including the Lawson murders. So, what do I remember from the dry goods episodes? Let me think. It's been a minute. I tried watching it again and I was like, this is kind of cringy. Um, they would, they tried to sleep in different spots. I remember um, at one point the, the medium almost left completely. She was she was almost like completely done with it. And the Jerome guy, he was getting affected pretty bad. Like at one point, I I want to say there was his blood pressure or like his heart or something. Like he went into full on health risk. Basically, he had to be taken to the hospital. They checked him out. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. So they assumed obviously it was due to some sort of evil entity within the store um they go all the way up i believe it's to the attic and do like a i don't remember the name of the equipment but they put a cap on right and it's got like all the little monitors and stuff all over it and it freaks them out even more um it was i mean i think out of when you're watching 28 days haunted they have the the best evidence out of all three locations um and they don't fight i mean they argue a lot and it's only two of them which is good because the ones that had three like god that was god awful because it's like the trios could never get along and even the ones who started off as a twosome team because they knew each other would end up almost wanting to tear each other's throats out by the end of it um so yeah, the TikTok, let me see if I can find it. Hopefully the music's not too loud. Well, actually I should probably turn it down. I think it's like my haunted, what is it? Something haunted, haunted, what is it? Dry, nope, Madison, dry, dry goods. User, I'm using guy here on TikTok and it's like, my haunted apartment although those are pretty creepy has anyone been paying attention like does anyone play i'm gonna do a couple shout outs here basically 
<laughs> while I'm looking for this. Um, has anyone had the chance to check out um, Don TikTok? So if you're a TikToker like me, I don't really do much on it except for watch videos. There's a TikToker on there going over the Three Kings Challenge, and I'm not going to lie. She's been reading all sorts of Reddit users who, you know, have been sharing their... Um, oh, Haunted Store Owner. That's the name of the, uh, the TikTok of who owns the location. Um, now he bought it. Yeah. Um, right. What was his name? Haunted, yeah, Haunted Store Owner. Anyways, so her name is The Queer Crips. She explains what the uh, Three Kings Challenge is. Fucking creepy as hell. Like, dark location. Make sure all the windows are closed. Like, dark, dark. Can't do this. Can't do that. And, um, yeah, definitely check her out if you're on TikTok. Uh, another thing. Hi, Desi. <laughs> If you don't know who Desi is, she's a fabulous person over in Texas. Her um her podcast is the Dead Podcast, and I highly suggest that you follow and like and subscribe. You can also find her on uh on Instagram too. But anyways, so that's it. That's all I had for the loss and family murder and hauntings. Um hope you guys have a good night. I hope you stay fabulously haunting. Special. Have a great week. Happy Yule. Happy Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Happy whatever you whatever you celebrate. I hope you guys have a great fucking time. Um, and I will see you at the next episode. And as always, make sure you like, subscribe, and follow to this podcast. You can always catch me on Instagram at the Paranormal Misfit Podcast. You can also send me an email at. Um, paranormalmisfitpod at gmail.com and if you really like the uh this episode or if you really just want to support the podcast you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com it'll be linked down below in the show notes and with that being said guys have a great fucking night <laughs>